0: episode one tipsy tennis podcast <laughs> how good uh my name is uh, james or um yeah basically i'm just a passionate tennis fan that's quite frankly just absolutely dislikes every other tennis podcast that's out there not that it's like i mean some people would absolutely love it just for me personally it just didn't really like scratch that itch you know it was just more It was the same thing, basically, as what you get when you listen to the the commentary of uh, any tennis match. It was very, it's very PC uh, out there. It's very, you know, just straight to to the book, basically, which is you can get that anywhere from any sort of article you listen to or click on. It's just basically headlines and then they just bang the journalists. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the Tipsy Tennis Podcast, which is basically just. Uh, yeah, average punter like myself, who has an extreme passion for tennis. Uh, I watch tennis non-stop. I live it. I breathe it. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to just talk about it. So here we go. Obviously, the, the name uh, sort of speaks for itself. Uh, I will be having a couple of cans uh, during the podcast. So uh, without further ado, I'll uh, give you the satisfying sound that everybody has been waiting for so far there you go first cans opened ready to go um today i'll be talking about uh just the upcoming over the next couple days the uh sort of the matches that are coming up um there's a few kind of good ones kind of this i mean this time of year it's a bit of a difficult you know place to start a podcast but thought i'd do it anyway because yeah why not But, yeah, there's not a lot of matches on, not a lot of tournaments on. You're scrapping the barrel, really, after the US Open at this point. Uh, But there is a few players that are still fighting. Obviously, the ones that essentially, well, on the men's draw, the ones that really don't make enough money throughout the year, they'll they'll keep fighting. The women's one is is quite interesting. I don't really understand why uh, a lot of them keep fighting uh, this time of year. To be honest, if I was their, their agent, coach, manager or whatever, there's a few there that I'll, I'll pick up on uh, as we go along There, I probably uh, would, you know maybe start off season early uh, let's focus on winning uh, the Australian Open and really focus on that and give yourself a really really strong pre-season but uh, no, looks like a lot of women want to keep playing uh, maybe good on them, maybe maybe I'm a genius that will never be discovered, we'll probably never know um but cracking into it um yeah basically this podcast would just be me talking a bunch of rubbish uh probably a bulk of the time maybe um but a lot of good good tennis stuff there as well um obviously while i have a couple of drinks because just like when uh every one of us sort of watches a tennis match you know it's really really hard to to not just you know crack one well at least one cold one you know you you need at least one cold one uh so i'll be touching on mainly doing a bit of uh match preview and whatnot for the next couple of days but also uh what i dislike about tennis so <laughs> strap yourself in um yeah heading off we'll maybe we'll just start all negative shall we i mean for me it's not negative for me it's just everyday thoughts but i mean you guys might think it's a bit negative but um, Basically, without uh, sugarcoating get it anymore, I really hate tennis comment- commentary. Uh, notice I said commentary, not commentators, because they are human. Most of them are experienced ex-tennis players that, uh, quite frankly, will know a lot more about the sport of tennis than I ever will. And we've experienced a, a you know ton of more than what I ever will, but... And we'll but, and I'll we'll hold this but while well, I take a sip here. when they are on broadcast and they are commentating a match, I genuinely, the thoughts in my head mid-match is, these guys really have no idea what they're talking about. (laughs) And obviously that's not true, because they know tennis, they understand tennis, they were professional at the sport, you know, they've been there, they've done that. Uh, They've got the credentials, I don't. Uh, I'm just running my mouth basically at this point but I feel like they're all very media trained. And, uh, for example, you take, um, actually, I won't name any names because that's probably not fair, but you you take, there's there's at least two or three there I I know when they were players, they hated the media. Um, And it wasn't, well, basically, the same reasons that they hated the media, well, they, I, I assume that they hate the media. Um, I suspect that they hate the media, and I'm happy for them to reach out and have a chat about it, but those reasons that they hate the media is exactly what they're doing in today's game when they're in the commentary box. And so today's players obviously are not gonna like you very much, but they're doing the same thing, just repeating it. And I get it, like there's a lot of money in that corporate sort of world, you know what i mean it's, it's easy easy quick cash as well because people buy into it they either well they either sorry probably shouldn't respect everyone listening but you either buy into it and you just lap it up subconsciously without even really knowing it or you're like me and you just hate it and you don't have a voice and there's nothing you can do because you want to watch the matches and then like for Grand Sense for example like US Open is extremely limited on who had rights to, to stream there, or well, any Grand Slam shouldn't really pick on one. But uh, any Grand Slam, has every country has exclusive rights on who's going to show it. So you don't have a choice. You've got to put up with the commentators that they put on. There's no choice. Unless you're in the country of the Grand Slam, and you, you 100% go to the games and you pay more purely not to listen to commentary yeah i guess probably just me but um yeah maybe in the next year or so i've probably bagged commentators for a year or so you'll maybe you'll be on you'll be on my side or maybe you'll think i'm just a complete pelican um who knows uh but yeah that's basically my my little short rant on that uh if we look into what's coming up in the next couple of days um just so, like I don't want to go through every single match because there's a lot of really trash matches or just irrelevant matches that I know you guys aren't going to watch. I'm definitely not going to watch. Um, so what's the point in, in talking about it just for the sake of you're trying to do a podcast, bro. Let's just talk about every match. So that's not what I'm going to do. Um, all right. So uh, Simon and Goffan are playing. Uh, they play... Well, I- I'm in Australia, so... When I say tomorrow, it's obviously Australia, but depending on what country you're at, um, you know when the um, the ATP tournament in France is it's kicking off anyway. I uh, assume if you're in Europe, uh, you're all over it and it's probably at a, a better time for you, um, probably mid, mid-morning mid or something. For, for me, it's 2 a.m. Australian time, so to be honest, I'm not going to watch it, uh, just straight up with you, it's, it's not a 2am get up before work sort of game um, You know, it's, it's my sort of memory of sort of level where I'll, I'll, I've, I got up for that and I will always get up for that but this sort of match up in France you know I have very very little interest to be honest uh, but we'll break it down anyway, we'll look at um, look at the two, Gafan he's an interesting character right, like he's Sorry, I said take another sip, but you are listening to the Tipsy Tennis Podcast, so that's kind of expected, right? <clears throat> yeah, I would think so. Anyway, anyway, Gafan like obviously he's he's being a really battler at the moment. Um, obviously, you would remember him just before the COVID times; he was a real dominant sort of key figure uh, on tour and in Grand Slams. It was a, he, he could trouble the draw. Uh, these days, he's ranked sixty second. He's you know, been battling injuries. He's trying to fight his way back, but um, there are inconsistencies there. Uh, where you know, he's, uh, he's been he's been not bad, but there yeah, there are times where he's just sort of hmm, fairly fairly average. Uh, for, for being honest, no no disrespect. Uh, but we look at this matchup, and um, I look at it in two ways. Whereas I look at it from like a normal, I'm a normal everyday guy that. Um, doesn't think much more than I love tennis and then you also look at the perspective of if you want to be a bit of a punter and have a bet um, with you know put your hard earned cash on on this sort of game um, so if you look at it like form aside um, obviously the two very sort of different uh, form lines where they both lost the last sort of couple uh, the one here and there but um I mean even the quality of opponent hasn't really been that different um you got okay so goffin's on three straight losses which brings an interesting point um head to head between him and simon um also if i'm not saying that right go fuck yourself i don't give a fuck um it, it it's it is what it is um unless you're the athlete yourself and you want to reach out and correct me, then all due respect, uh, you can hit my DMs and I'll happily be corrected. Um, But yeah, you look at the last sort of, um, what have we got? Last two matchups at least anyway. Uh, Gafan, and it was 2018-19, which as I was going back, was around that before COVID time where Gafan was a real player. Uh, Two love, two love in straight sets. Um, Then it wasn't, like, it wasn't until 2017 where um, Simone actually bit him uh, But a at recent form uh, I can see here why the bookies have Simone as a favourite like team bit him 2, two sets to 1 uh, so he did actually get a set on him but team is also another fake one with the bookies where he's not the dominant team that we, we all know and we know that he will go back to he's still at the moment deep in the battle deep in the try to get back to where he is where i think australian open will be his biggest sort of measure as to um in terms of his comeback so don't really care about that match and then well, he lost he lost two sets to one just before that to uh, an absolute punter uh analdi who's ranked 157th so Like, give a fuck to be honest. So, you got that, um, and then he had a couple of okay wins, um, but there's there's nothing really like sexy or anything about those there. Whereas, um, Gafan's coming back off um, an an okay US Open considering, like, he did take Mercedes to five sets, and Mercedes ranked top 30, so um, you've got to respect there um but the one thing that i find very interesting is gefan's at double 28. <laughs> it's in france simon as i said he's had some okay wins and some. Uh, he's not like looking that good um but gefan also hasn't played since us open um and he did play, like, he took Mercedes to five sets. So, yeah, okay, he's top 30, but. Wait, is he that impressive? So, do you bet Simone or do you just leave the match? To be fair, at this point, I'm leaving the match. They, yeah. Simone could win, but um, they're both, like, the results are too up and down for me to, to sort of have a really real good crack um, the next one though that I'm going to talk about I'm keen to bet I'm, I'm betting I'm betting I'm putting a schlong on the table you ready to hear it? that was it that was the schlong hitting the table here we go alright strip yourself in ladies and gentlemen Elena Rabikina and Samsonova again I've probably pronounced those extremely wrong I'm a few cans, cans in so um, I respectfully would like to say go fuck yourselves if you feel like the urge to jump into my DMs and correct me again unless you're the athlete listening and you want me to correct your name hit my DM I'm happy to be corrected alrighty moving on so anyone who knows me Rubber Kenner I have an extreme soft spot soft spot for. I love it. She's a fighter, she's tall, athletic, she's an animal. Um, I'll back her in any day of the week. Ranked 22nd is an absolute joke. She should be top five, top three maybe, top two, whatever would have worked out with that Wimbledon garbage. Um, So for me, she is an easy win. Obviously, you got the Russian um, Samsonova, who's you know ranked top thirty. Blah blah blah. I couldn't play Wimbledon. Blah blah blah. But Rubikin is coming off uh, the longest uh, WTA uh, match this season um, of like three hours and five minutes, or something crazy like that. Which, uh, if I was a tennis commentator um, at a prestigious broadcaster, I would tell you exactly this. I would say, oh, she's exhausted. She's she's way out of her depth. She just played the longest match of the year. She's not going to have any gas in the tank to win this match. Okay, hear me out. Because <laughs> yeah, you already know what I think about commentators and we're only, you know, we're not even 20 minutes in and yeah, I can't stand them. That doesn't exist. Feeling too tired or too exhausted or I've been on court too long to win a tennis match does not exist with professional athletes. I guarantee it. That does not exist. This is their livelihood. They are competitors. They became professionals because they thrive on winning. They need to win. It's not that they want to or they would love it if their skill enabled that with them to win. They need to win that's why they're professionals any professional in any sport even outside of sport you know you talk about business the top guys are there or top person in any field that their mindset is 20, 50, 100 times stronger than everybody else in their field and that's why they're there so all of that is just out the window give a fuck um, and you're gonna get what is it, $2.30, $2.30 for the woman that won Wimbledon, and I'm going to go emotionally was just so fucked off at the industry uh, and politics that she didn't fire at the US Open, um, but she fired when she needed to uh, last week in that um, tournament. I'd lie to you if I said I watched it. I watched, did I watch her first match where she was about to lose in th- in the third set and then she's turned it around and won I can't remember where it was, but this is in Tokyo Tokyo, I think it's going to be upper alley in terms of she's going to get sort of fired up there it's a uh, it's a nice city, you know, she loves her sort of fashion a little bit here and there she's going to, you know, enjoy her time off there and then come out firing tomorrow and just rip shreds here two dollars that's a that's a definite bet on my lady Elena definitely a bit. disagree if you want but you're probably going to lose money uh if you move on to <laughs> that's one of my favorite ones so um you guys are going to call me absolutely crazy but I'm, I'm here for it um and i am crazy but it is what it is so we're going to go south korea we're going to seoul uh you've got emma Raducanu. now i assume <laughs> yeah i could be wrong you know, you know what they say about people that assume. Um, but Emma has surely gone to Korea to try and sculpt some easy wins. Like she's down in the dumps. She lost round one U.S. Open. Uh, she's been trash all season since she fluked the U.S. Open win. She's been very, very average. And I would, you know, I would love to be on her team. Because you can easily get her to competing again it's all mental it's not a skill thing for her it's just all in the mind like she gets a blister on her finger that's it she's thinking about retiring her whether she does or doesn't she's thinking about it you gotta eliminate that a blister does not mean that you cannot keep playing and hit a tennis ball with a racket i'm happy to argue that point with her as well she can invite me to her training I'll purposely create blisters on every finger I've got um, and I, I'll hold on to her tennis racket I'll hit balls with her for as many hours as she wants it's all mental and you can get through little things out like there. and then there's obviously the other little niggles that she sort of rides too hard as a cop out for not finishing the match when things aren't going her way so this is my opinion happy for you to grill me in the DMs <laughs> I'm sure some of you will um, but yeah so she obviously she's obviously just gone to create, trump and pick up some easy wins and build confidence which is fine, and to be honest she probably will do that, she probably will win or get close to being in the finals or maybe even just win the cop um, she should whether she will or not it's up to her, but um, this is where the crazy part comes into it she's paying one dollar and twelve cents. Against a lady of to be honest. I have never heard of I'm not gonna try to pronounce her name because I'm just gonna absolutely embarrass her, embarrass myself More than I would have with the other names But her opponent is ranked 126 in the world which again with rankings. They mean fucking nothing But she's paying six dollars, which is what? Guess the juice is fine. Six dollars Now Going on form, going on past results, going on just talent between the two players. Reducanu should win easy. Like, worst case, six three six three. That's what it should be. Hold on a minute. I just got to take another sip because you are listening to the Tipsy Tennis Podcast. So she should win max 6363. It's like a worst case. But this is the woman's tennis. This is this is what it is. It's volatile, it's unpredictable. You don't know what's gonna happen, and you don't know what part of the world that is gonna happen in. So, in saying that, you're gonna give me six dollars for Radicano to lose? I'm taking it. The opponent for me doesn't matter because Radu does not lose matches. Like, she doesn't lose them. She just doesn't win matches. Uh which if you're sort of trying to work out what the fuck that actually means, um just me like it's not She never loses matches because she gets outplayed to on a tennis level. Like she doesn't get it's not a a higher skill or it's not a better shot selection or nothing like it's nothing like she never loses like that she doesn't lose her matches against these type of people it's like a self-destruction um and i hope they raise it internally within her team um because if not it's going to be a long few years while she obviously develops and matures as a player but um yeah so and this ne- until next year comes when we sort of watch her leading into the Australian Open and we see what she's got there until then, I'm taking her opponents every day of the week 6 bucks. thank you for coming I mean, you put 20 on, you got $100 profit in the bank if she self-destructs again so, or you lose $20 that's worth, that's worth the risk, um, so Apologies, Emma. I'm definitely going against you there. Um, another beautiful one. Uh, this one I don't really, can't really make sense of, but hey, maybe the betting companies know more than me here, but we got, we're got sticking to Tokyo. we got Paula Bedosa. She's the underdog. Against Zing. Underdog. I I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Am I am I missing something? Have I have I missed something in the in the media here? I I don't think I have. But but Paul Abadessa is paying two dollars against Zing in Tokyo. That's a bit. I'm betting that for sure. Like, I just. That's all I need to say. I don't really need to justify it. But we know how good she is. Like, yeah, women's tennis is volatile, I've ever said, but not that volatile. Not to that extent. Um, surely. I mean, I'll put my head through the TV if she loses that one. $2 is an underdog. Yes, please. Yes, I want that. I'll take all of it. I'm lapping all of it up. Sorry, I've just gotta take another sip because you are listening. Good the Tipsy Tennis Podcast. Alrighty. Going back to France. <laughs> Public. Dollar sixteen against a Frenchie that um, Should have no chance. Is he no chance? Uh yeah. Basically. He's there's no chance. Hey, I mean they He's twenty-four. Yeah, twenty-four. He hasn't really done anything with his career, really. Like he's got No, nah, he hasn't even got inside the two hundred, so no, nah, he's done. Uh that's nice and easy. It'll be quite entertaining. I always like watching Booblack just because he's uh he's fun, entertaining. Um, you know he he can't beat himself as well, like he, he can get fired up. Um, but he should breeze through that one. Uh, next one as well, I find very interesting. Gasquet and uh, Dominic Team. <laughs> they got Team as the underdog, which I, I can kind of understand more than the Bedosa one. Um, I mean, Team is still working his way back and fighting through. Uh, Gasquet. Well, I guess I guess he looked good uh, in that Davis Cup tie, but Gasquet, is, isn't he incredibly old? Like how old is he? Thirty six. Gasquet's thirty six. Dominic team is an animal. Like right right now, he's not an animal, but like you don't. It's in there. The animal was in there. And they're giving us again two dollars for Dominic Team against Gascale. Yeah okay, he's in his home country as in France, but he's he's 36 years old. He surely not. Surely not. And maybe i look stupid here because maybe team isn't ready. Maybe he does need oh, I don't know what he needs, but I would assume he needs game time, right? And he's been building game time. Uh, honestly blows my mind that he keeps playing clay tournaments like that really just does my head in like what are you doing the next gram slam is hardcore play hardcore rest up play hardcore like what are we doing here like your ranking is screwed anyway it's not gonna get up playing these shitty clay tournaments but hey what do I know about tennis okay so we're taking the $2 for Dominic team we're taking it Gasquet is old. He's French. That is all you need to know. We are taking Dominic team All day. Every day. Next. Alrighty. So we are going to go... The two Frenchies. I like this. I actually really, really like this match. Hombert and Bonzi. Again. Bookies think... Oh, actually, I don't know if they do think they're going Bonzi two dollars. Bonzi's underdog against Humbar. <laughs> Quick fact about Humbar: I don't. I haven't looked at this, so I don't actually know if this is a fact. But this is just basically um what I've seen, witnessed, and felt. He only beats players he should not beat. Basically. He doesn't win when he should win. He only wins when he shouldn't. Or gets really close to. And yeah, two Frenchies going at it in France. Bonzi played incredibly well against um uh, not that long ago. Um, he's looked really, really well. And you're giving me $2 again for, for someone like Bonzi? Uh, yes, please. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. You should take it. Hombier, basically, the only reason I think he won't win this is because I feel like he never wins when he should. And, I mean, that may not be convincing, but it's a thing. It's a vibe, and it's a thing. I guarantee you, it's definitely a thing. Um, It makes me want to look it up, to look at his, like, the opponents he's beaten and what he's lost to in the last two years, but I can't be bothered, but it's definitely a feeling. I feel like that's what's going to happen. Let um, me move on to San Diego. Why not? Let's just fuck over San Diego. Uh, you got the two Aussies battling it out. you got Chris O'Connell and uh, Justin Kubler. Um, and the odds here are going to influence me again. Kubler, yeah, he's been playing. Um, he got to play some higher quality opponents. If if you want to call Gasquet a high quality opponent, like again, he's thirty six. Thirty six. Um, anyway, we'll pass judgment on ages. Uh, O'Connell, I've got a soft spot for soft. Sorry, soft spot for especially at challenger level. Um, he just he just finds a way to win. And Kubler, I still feel is lingering in the challenger level. He's still. A challenger guy, for for, for what I've, I've seen and felt, and um, the level when he's come into ATP tournaments, the level he's shown, just eh, hasn't been there. So basically, they're in an ATP um, tournament, but it's it's a challenger tournament. Oh, so a challenger matchup, and they're giving a two dollars and ten cents for O'Connell. I'm taking it. And it feels like... It feels like I'm really... Backing too many underdogs. Which... I agree. It feels like... I'm backing too many underdogs. Yeah. But... We're going to get two out of three of these. These bastards. We are. We're definitely going to. On the men's side of it. Women's very volatile. I, I don't even care if we lose those ones. But... Those two... Like... Nah, bro. Nah, bro. They should, O'Connell should be uh, odds even or something I wouldn't bet but 2.10 it, it's enough for you to bet um, next we're going to have some fun <laughs> uh, so this is probably going to be a controversial opinion and maybe you'll grill me for it but I'm just going to go for it anyway um, Naomi Osaka versus uh Meier so Interesting that they've got Osaka. Well, actually, sorry, <clears throat> I'll reverse that. It's not interesting that they've got Osaka as the favourite, but for me personally, it continues and remains to be interesting. And sorry, I'm just going to take another sip because you are listening to the Tipsy Tennis Podcast, after all. So this year. I've made too I made money I shouldn't have made just by betting against Osaka and against radino and there's been no rule like I, I don't dislike them um, I don't think they're gonna lose nothing like that there's just there's something going on in those two engines um, Osaka it seems maybe it's mental but. I haven't really heard her speak publicly or anything like that. And I don't really want to buy into to media jargon because otherwise, why listen to this podcast? You just go to the other ridiculous ones. But um, it has, it's got to be something mental or something that's just throwing her off in, in general. So um, she's been losing a lot. Same with Radikanu. So, had admire obviously she's always just been seen as a doubles player especially to me i've just only seen her as a doubles player she's been solid in doubles and, and got results there but it's never really broken through um on a, on a singles capacity uh, but she looked really really solid uh, in the u.s open um and i mean i was probably probably disrespectful um in saying that she just feels like a doubles player because she is in the top 20 for singles so <laughs> apologies but um my big view on the women's side of um tennis is that top 50 doesn't mean too much in terms of um quality of player or future results it's uh it's a volatile volatile um ranking system and just Women's tennis, in, in general, is very volatile. It will just fluctuate so much that it, rankings never give you really an idea. It's more, it's very much a momentum, momentum versus rankings for me. Um, when I look at um, who's going to win a women's tennis match, and headed Meyer coming off a pretty solid U.S. Open sort of stretch, whereas Osaka just failed again and. Um, I'm going to lose money because I'm going to keep being against her. I'm happy to eventually lose money as long as she's going to bounce back and then consistently continue to sort of bounce back and then just be normal Osaka. But until then, um, Headed Maya is the underdog. $2. I'll take it. I'll take it. I think it's either going to be a win for Headed Maya or maybe Osaka just retires. For- some bullshit reason that uh she loves to do um so that's what i'm thinking um again hit the dms if you think of something different um but i am pretty i'm pretty confident in, in that sort of point of view on those matches um should be a good couple days anyway and uh, i'll be back on on friday to sort of recap back on those and see if i was right or wrong be a bit hold myself accountable if i'm completely wrong um, and, you know, maybe I can sort of change... If these players can change my view a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see in that regard. Um, for you guys, obviously, this is podcast number one. So, um, if you search on um, Instagram, Twitter... Uh, probably just those two. I really... I have no really real energy for Facebook for a, a page like this. So, um, yeah, Instagram, the Twitter... Um, the handle would be just, um, do you know what? Let's just make the handle on the spot. I basically just turned the microphone on and just started talking. So, um, there's no page or handle or anything, but we can create one right now. Um, so tipsy tennis podcast is the name I'm probably going to go with. So do we go? TTP. Nah, not available. So we gotta go... Do we go Tipsy? We should go long form Tipsy Tennis Podcast. I think it's what we're gonna do. Whoa. The username is not available. Tipsy... Tennis Podcast is not available. <laughs> what the fuck? Do uh, we go two Ps? Yeah, we do. So, this username is available. So, Tipsy Tennis Podcast but with two Ps. So T-I-P-P-S-Y Tennis Podcast. Um, that's what it's going to be. Uh, no, we shouldn't do that. Uh, yeah, so Tipsy Tina's podcast with two Ps is the handle for Instagram. I'm going to assume it's going to be the same for Twitter. Um, hopefully that's not taken. Uh, if it is, I'll put it in the um, Instagram thing, but it should be fine. So, yep, So a Tipsy Tennis Podcast with two Ps. Hit that up on, probably on Instagram mainly, uh, but there is, seems to be a, quite a big tennis uh, community on Twitter, so hit it up on Twitter as well. Um, just have a chat, have a yarn. Um, yeah, keen to know, uh, keen to get feedback especially. Because, like, as I say, I've, I've got absolutely no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what you want to hear, what you want to talk about. All I know is that all the other tennis podcasts currently out there, they're just rubbish. They're rubbish. They don't really talk about much. Um, I didn't go into like a lot of depth with uh, the matches that I sort of touched on today, but it's just purely because they're really, really small, small tournaments that there's not a lot of interest in in general but um when it comes to the the bigger stuff um we'll build momentum um if you do want to have a little bit obviously i can sort of if you reach out i can sort of help you out with um with that side of things as well but if you are just you know if you want more in-depth analysis or, or data as well i'll definitely be getting into that especially as the um the bigger tournaments uh pop up as well um Gossip wise, we probably won't really like yarn about that. I'll give my uneducated opinion on a lot of things, um, industry wise and tennis player wise, which will, yeah, probably trigger quite a lot of people. And uh, that could be why my podcast sort of blows up, or it could be why I get cancelled as well. So, um, but we won't go on the like the Andrew Tate sort of vibe. It'll just be more of a, um, Speaking of what most people are thinking, sort of, sort of vibe, and I'm just sort of hoping that the most people are thinking there, Because <laughs> if I'm not, I'm fucked. <laughs> but yeah. uh, fuck it. Who knows, yeah. Anyway, um, thank you for listening to episode one. Um, we'll keep the ball rolling, keep moving, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah. Looking forward to um interacting with you guys more, especially online, and I will do a, another podcast coming out in two days time. Alright, thank you for your time and let's go.